You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Amy Shojai. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai, and today we're taking an inside look at a win-win situation. I'm talking about the Win Feline Foundation. That brings me to my rant of the week. If you love cats the way I do, it's got to puzzle you why the research bucks mostly get spent on dogs. Now, don't get me wrong, I adore dogs too, but I want the best veterinary brains to research how to keep all my pets healthy. In fact, canine studies often help felines and vice versa, and research that helps unravel pet diseases also may help human health. Yet there are some cat-specific illnesses and concerns that have been clawing at our felines for years, and the funds to find a treatment, a prevention, even a cure, are taking nine lives to collect. Listeners today have a unique opportunity to help. I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr. Susan Little, the president of the Win Feline Foundation, an organization that funds medical studies important to your cat. Dr. Susan is board certified in feline medicine, has been in feline practice since 1990, and is part owner of two feline specialty practices in Ottawa, Canada. She's also an internationally known lecturer on feline medicine. So, find a warm, sunny perch to purr, and we'll be right back with Dr. Susan after these messages. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. And please join me in welcoming Dr. Susan Little, a feline fancier, cat health expert, and president of the Win Feline Foundation. Welcome to the show, Dr. Susan. Hi, Amy. It's really great to be with you. Oh, I'm, I'm just delighted that you could be here. And, and before we get down into the nitty-gritty, I'd love you to tell listeners a little bit about yourself. What, what cats, what, oh golly, do you have dogs too? What pets do you have? <laughs> well, of course I have cats. And uh, we have three cats in our family right now, which is actually an all-time low for us. <laughs> um, up and, yeah, up until recently, we usually had five cats, but two of our older cats passed on last year. So we feel, you know, like our, our house is a, a little uh, low on cats right now. So we have three uh. kitties. And there is a larger four-legged creature in the house. It's not a cat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a dog. Uh-huh. Sure. His name is Rusty. And Rusty probably is really trying to learn how to purr and meow by this point. Rusty's, uh, Rusty's learned his place in life, which is cats <laughs> first. Yeah, and uh, it's, really, it's really quite funny because one of our kitties is a young, very spunky uh, female who, uh, her name is Lily, and Lily's probably all of four pounds soaking wet. And yet she has this 65-pound dog, like, completely at her control because, you know, it's all about attitude, right? It's, it has nothing to do with uh, brawn or, or muscle. It's all about attitude. Cats do it all with their, uh, with their amazing brains. So it's worked out very well. <laughs> well, to, to get to the subject today, I wanted to ask you, how did you first get involved in the Win Feline Foundation? Well, that goes back quite a few years, and I, I think um, the I think initially I started by doing some volunteer work for Win, mainly writing some health information articles and uh, writing some articles on the results of the grants that they had funded. You know, the outcomes of some of the research, and uh, gradually moved into helping review grant proposals for funding. And then, you know, as these things go, uh, one day before you know it, you're you're volunteered to the board of directors, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, what turned out to be, you know, an, an interesting. Um, uh, a sideline, I guess, for me that I wanted to contribute to has now really turned into a full-time job. So I actually feel like I work full-time for WIN, all volunteer, of course, and I happen to run two cat clinics in my spare time. I wanted to uh, also talk a little bit about there are other animal health foundations out there. How is WIN Feline Foundation different? Wynn is unique, and, and, you know, with there are some other uh, charities, of course, some other great charities, and Wynn has good relationships with these other charities as well because we have common goals, you know, and that's to look out for um, our companion animals. But Wynn is different in that, to my knowledge, we are the only international charity that funds research specifically for cats. So while other groups and Morris Animal Foundation is, is one that comes to mind and one that Wynn has a great relationship with, they also fund cat research. But, of course, they fund research for many other animal groups as well, and a great job they do of it. But Wynn's focus has always been cats. It's just cats. 
and it always will be just cats. So that gives us kind of a special view of things. It gives us an insight, you know, into issues that uh, we're able to look at and focus on because we're, we're not distracted by any other species. Well, I noticed yesterday, just yesterday, in, into my inbox came at what great timing is this. Um, and that, for listeners, if you're listening late, that was February 27th, 2008, when announced the funding of 10 new research grants to the tune of nearly $136,000. Now, Dr. Susan, that sounds like a lot of money, but does it really go very far? You know, it does sound like a lot of money, but in the world of uh, research funds, veterinary research funds, unfortunately, cats are the poor cousins to other companion animals and particularly dogs. You know, that's the most logical comparison. So the amount of money that will get applied to dog health problems in a year outstrips the amount that gets applied to cat health problems by, my gosh, a factor of five or ten at least. I'm a little afraid to add it up, you know, because I'm a little afraid to find out just, you know, just how big the discrepancy is. But it is huge. And I was talking to... um, uh, somebody from Morris Animal Foundation, Dr. Patty Olson, um, recently. And uh, we figured that together between Morris Animal Foundation and the Wind Feline Foundation, we still fund less than $1 million a year. Our combined efforts are less than $1 million a year for feline uh, health research. And probably five to ten times that gets funded, you know, for canine health research. So we have a long way to go. You know, we've got to pull up our socks. We've got to get these issues in front of pet owners. Uh, we've got to elevate the status of the cat so that people understand that there is so much more we could do with just a little bit of help. Right. Why do you think that is? Because people in the United States seem to to have more pet cats than they have pet dogs. Are people just not aware that these studies are available or that cats need the help? Or what's, what's the deal? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? And uh, I, I think uh, a lot of good uh, brains and effort are going to be focused in the next couple of years on trying to figure out why that is. And one clue is that it goes hand-in-hand hand with the fact that dogs see the veterinarian about twice as often as cats do you know, in a given year. So there are clearly some differences in the way we regard dogs and their needs versus the way as pet owners we regard cats and their needs. And it's probably a fairly complicated subject. You know, it has to do with what we think the intrinsic value of these animals is. So, for example, many people go buy a puppy, but they uh, they find a kitten. So there's differences in the way we acquire our pets. There's differences in the intrinsic value we give them. There's differences in the way we think of them in our family. You know, we're more likely to do family activities with the dog than we are with the cat. So I think there's a whole bunch of things that come together. And certainly in veterinary medicine, you know, we need to provide a more welcoming place in vet hospitals for cats to come, and we need to do better with feline medicine. So it's all tied together. You know, we need to do a better job. We need to help people understand that cats need help and that we can help them if we have some effort and some some dollars for funding. And then it comes around full circle to the veterinarian's responsibility to make sure they practice the best medicine for cats 
and that we provide a welcoming place in our clinics for cats too. So, you know, it's a big picture and we really have to sit down and spend some time figuring out what all these pieces of the puzzle are and, and work on them. But, you know, Wynn's role is to work on one piece of that puzzle and that's just to get more research funded so we learn more about the health issues of these guys. Well, how many proposals do you receive each year? And and then how do you decide which ones are going to get the funding? Well, that's kind of the fun part, actually. Um, We get uh, in total in a year probably, you know, I'm going to say generally uh, somewhere between 50 and 80 proposals. We have two grant calls a year. So if we combine them together, we probably get, well, we get over 50 for sure. It could be up close to 100 in some years. So we get lots of proposals. And we've put together uh, a panel of experts, uh, of veterinarians who are drawn from both uh, clinical practice. So we have veterinarians who see the day-to-day medical needs of cats. We have um, experts from the research area, from universities. We have um, experts from some of the uh, uh, animal health companies, for example, who know what what kind of... um, say, uh, medical and drug and biological needs uh, are out there for cats. So we've really assembled a panel that, that covers the, the spectrum of people involved in feline medicine. They're all experts in their field. Uh, they're all internationally known. And they sit down and we uh, have a, a big meeting and we look at all the proposals and we look at them in depth. So we've got quite a a a detailed scoring system and evaluation system. And to get funded, for us to spend money, you know, that after all was donated to us by pet owners, for us to spend your money on a project, it has to 100% pass approval from our review panel. If it doesn't pass approval, if we don't think the project is well designed, if we don't think the budget is adequate, that they're not spending money unnecessarily, if we don't think it's going to benefit CAPS, it does not get funded. So having said all that, every year with the number of proposals we get, there's always some great proposals that we don't have enough money to fund. Uh, And that's the part that always kills me, you know, that we have to leave every one of these meetings knowing we've left one or two proposals, maybe more, on the floor because there was no money for them. Oh, what a shame. And see, I had this, I had this image of this big table with all the proposals laid out on it and you set a cat down and just let them kind of wander up and down and whichever one they sit down on. We should think of that be, for tiebreakers. That might help for the, you know, might help. ties. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the website and uh, which by the way folks is winfelinehealth.org. You really need to check that out. Um, what is the Miller Trust? The Miller Trust is um, a trust that was set up by uh, some uh, people named George and Phyllis Miller. And in their will, they set aside some money that is endowed in a trust fund. And the interest from that, uh, according to the terms of, of their will and of the trust, is to be spent on feline research. So how great is that? Wow, uh, and great. what happens is um, the money is uh, managed by a foundation called the San Francisco Foundation, and uh, they partner with groups like Wynn, for example, because the San Francisco Foundation is a trust manager. They're not in the business or don't have the expertise, you know, to know what type of uh, cat health projects to fund. So they partner with us, 
and we help um, select the, the proposals that will qualify and that will be of good quality uh, to spend the uh, the income from the trust on uh, every year. So it's that's been a, a great uh, benefit to win, and that's been going on for us for a few years now, and that's enabled us to fund probably... You know, it obviously depends on on how the uh, how the markets go because it's investment income from a trust fund. But in some years, and so for example, in uh, 2007, we had almost an additional one hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's and that again, that's just come from someone's idea to establish a trust fund in their will, a bequest, if you will, an endowment. Um, we've had other examples of that as well. So that's another way. You know, mind you, that's long term planning. But we need both people who have that type of long-term vision, you know, that say, I want to provide help for cats for decades to come. You know, not just today, because we need help today, but we need help in the future, too. And that's uh, how the Miller Trust came to be. So it's been amazing for us. Okay. Well, before we go to break, I wanted to uh, touch base with you, as I mentioned earlier, 10 uh, grants were awarded. What are some of those grants? What are, what are folks looking at this next year as, as a result of the Wind Feline Foundation? We've got 10 uh, wonderful grants. We're really excited about this lineup. There is quite a focus on heart disease, and, uh, and rightly so, because uh, heart disease is common in cats, and one particular kind of heart disease called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is the number one heart disease of cats. Every veterinarian has patients with this disease, so we do have a number of grants focusing on that. We have a number of grants, three I believe, that focus on feline infectious peritonitis, FIP, a deadly, horrible, sad disease of kittens. And uh, then we have uh, other grants that focus on some common feline cancers, a grant that focuses on chronic kidney disease, a really common issue in our senior cats. Uh, so we really run the gamut, you know, this year of, of hitting the high points, you know, the most pressing issues that are involved in feline medicine right now. So the list is on our website with full details. It went up this week. And uh, uh, anybody who wants to know more about them can read a summary of each grant uh, online on our website. There's a link right on our front page. Great. Well, I know that I'm, I'm reading the press release here, and it, and it mentions that some specific cat breeds that may be more prone to the heart disease that you mentioned, Maine Coon, yes. Ragdale, British Shorthair, Siberian. But this is not just specific to cat breeds. This is our my little random bred house kitty here, too, can be affected yeah. by this. You're absolutely right. It's really, it's really important to point that out because hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is the number one heart disease of cats, no matter what kind of cat you are. The reason we see research focused on breeds is because unlike our, you know, uh, stray cats or random bred cats that most of us have in our houses, which, which I have, of course, we don't have a family history on those cats. We can't look at relatives. But when we talk about the pedigreed cat breeds, we can look at family histories. We've got pedigrees to look at. We can get a group of relatives together if we want to study genetics, for example. So that's why you often see a focus on pedigreed breeds, and it's just because of this ability to actually look at family groups, uh, which we lack, of course, in the random bred cat populations. So all cats benefit from this, though, even if you see a project that says, you know, we're looking at this disease in Maine Coon cats. It's not limited to Maine Coons. It just so happens they provide us an opportunity to get some research done. 
Very important point. Now, I'm, I'm sure listeners are going to want to find out more, including how they can be part of the Win Feline Foundation efforts. So, we will continue our conversation with Dr. Susan Little and All Things Cats after messages from these sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So, get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back. And again, speaking with Dr. Susan Little, the president of the Wynn Feline Foundation. Now, the Wynn Feline Foundation was founded by the Cat Fanciers Association, at CFA, in 1968 to create a source of funding for medical studies to improve cat health and welfare, not just of pedigreed cats, but of all cats in general. Wynn has funded over $3 million in health research for cats at more than 30 partner institutions worldwide. Welcome back, Dr. Little. Uh, Thank you very much, Amy. What are some of the improvements in cat health and welfare that that we've seen as a a direct result of the Wynn Feline Foundation studies? Oh, gosh, the list is almost too long to to, uh, to, to (laughs) say. You know, one of the things that I tell veterinarians when I talk to them about the Wynn Feline Foundation is that every day in their veterinary practice when they are treating cats, whether it's wellness care or treating a cat that's sick, in some way, they're using information that came from Win Feline Foundation research efforts, even though they don't know it. 
Wow. So, for example, um, if we vaccinate cats against infectious diseases, WIN has been instrumental in uh, looking at the safety and efficacy of vaccines for cats. If you test for some infectious diseases, WIN's been involved in that. If you treat kidney disease or liver disease or thyroid disease, WIN's been involved in that. If you measure blood pressure in cats, if you do an ultrasound of a cat's heart, WIN's been involved in that. There's hardly an area of feline medicine that we have not at some stage been involved in funding really vital research. So it's really broad-based. Because we've been in existence for so many years, we've been able to have um, a wide benefit to feline medicine. But we also know how much more there is to do. Right, right. Well, speaking of that, I wanted to touch on some of the special funds that if people go to winfelinehealth.org, uh, they can take a look at the Ricky Fund or the Bria Fund. Tell us a little bit about these initiatives. Yeah, these are uh, funds that have been established by Wynn, and each of them was established by a pet owner. So the Ricky Fund was established by a pet journalist named Steve Dale that, that many of your listeners may have heard of. Um, Steve had a cat named Ricky uh, a number of years ago who died of heart disease. And Ricky died of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And Steve is a very passionate, not just pet owner, but advocate for the health of cats. And he decided to do something about it. And what Steve did was to establish the Ricky Fund with Wynn. And this is a fund where people can make donations specifically for the study of this very common heart disease, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So in the years that the Ricky Fund has been established, we've been able to fund um, a number of research projects and have provided, an, as a matter of fact, some breakthroughs in understanding at kind of the molecular or genetic level what's going on in the hearts of these cats. So it's made a huge difference in a short time. And in our uh, grant awards from this year, the ones that were just announced, there was two more studies that came out of the Ricky Fund. It's almost like Ricky did not die in vain in his legacy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's a way of, of making sure that Ricky uh, did, did not die in vain and that something good came out of it. And Ricky's name now really, you know, can do more in the decades to come than anybody ever would have imagined, I think. And it's the same for Bria. Bria was a little kitten. Uh, I believe she died at eight or nine months of age, and she died of this disease called feline infectious peritonitis, or FIP. And Bria was owned by Susan Gingrich. And there's another example of a pet owner who said, I'm just not going to take this. You know, I'm just not going to accept that this can happen. And it happens to the happiest uh, kittens when people have just got them and everything looks so happy. And then the kitten gets stricken with this awful disease that's deadly. She said, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to do something. And she got in touch with the Wind Feline Foundation and set up the, the Bria Fund. And the Bria Fund collects money specifically for FIP research. This is the first year that the Bria Fund has been able to fund research. It's a new fund for us. And this year, in its first attempt, we funded three studies internationally, mind you, for Fantastic. FIP research. We are so excited. Fantastic. And, and for people listening, if you're new to the world of cats, FIP is, is a disease that it's very difficult, if not impossible, to test, to prevent. There is no treatment. There is no cure. So this is so important to people with cats. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard to downplay the importance of that disease. And, you know, it's so unfair because it's a disease that strikes kittens. 
in the prime of their life. Uh, very sad. It makes it very sad for owners and veterinarians alike. So Wynn has been funding FIP research for um, over 10 years now, and we are going to make this disease uh, treatable, um, maybe preventable. We are going to make a difference with this disease. We're determined. We're in it for the long term, so we are going to make a difference. Now, I know also there are breed-related donations that people can make. So if you if you have a of a cat of a particular breed or belong to a breed club, you can look into that as, as a project. That's right, and that's particularly true of uh, some of the breeds who are interested in learning more about heart disease in their breed. So on our website, you'll see that we have a link for breed-related studies. So there are a number of them on the go right now. And uh, uh, people who own pedigree cats may want to have a look there. There may be something going on in their breed that they're interested in, and they can make a donation that's specific. So that's one thing that Win has always done. Um, you can make a donation to Win that goes into our general fund and will get used for whatever the best studies are in a given year. But you can also ask us, to spend your donation on a specific type of disease or category. And there's a large list of them on our website. So if you're particularly touched, let's say, by the death of, of a cat from cancer or from kidney disease, and you want to make a donation in memory or in honor of, of your pet, you can ask us to make sure we spend that donation on cancer or on kidney disease or, or on any one of a number of other diseases. And we're very happy to honor requests like that. So that people people could, if they wanted to, they could contact Wynn about establishing another fund uh, in the in the post steps of the Ricky Fund, the Bria Fund, or even tell us about the virtual memorials. I saw that on your website. That's delightful. Oh yes, the, the virtual memorials. You know, it's a very touching thing. Um, it's a way for people to make a donation in memory of a cat that's passed away. And uh, we have a special section of our website. Uh, actually, it's a, a separate website that um, uh, where owners can put a photo of their beloved cat and a few words uh, about the cat. You know, a little line of remembrance. And uh, they stay on there online. Uh, there's quite a few of them online there now. You know, and I kind of wish we didn't have to do that, but it's the yeah. reality, you know, that cats do die from diseases that we don't know enough about yet. And uh, it's a way for people to make a difference and yet also build a memorial that not only, you know, you can look at, but your friends or your relatives or anybody anywhere in the world, you can say, look, you know, this was my kitty. Here's what we felt about her. Here's how important she was. And we wanted to make something good come of that, and we've given money to win uh, in order to uh, further health research. And it might be for a disease that, that struck that kitty or it could be for anything else that you're interested in. So there's a link right on the front page of our website to the virtual memorial section. Well, there's also a new, relatively new program you launched, I think, this past fall, the Veterinary Honor Roll. I'm so excited about that. We launched that last summer, and it has just taken off like a shot. I've, I've been so um, thrilled and pleased and amazed at how popular that has been. So uh, one of the things that struck me, and, and, you know, as a veterinarian, one of the things I realized is that one of the most heartfelt moments that we have with a pet owner is when, unfortunately, that pet has to be put to sleep. That's a very big moment, in obviously, in the pet's life, but it's a big moment for the veterinarian in their care of that patient, and it obviously has a huge impact on that, that pet owner. And we wanted um, 
to find a way that pet owners could say thank you to their veterinarian that didn't necessarily have to focus on a moment such as putting a pet to sleep. Because I think if you talk to most veterinarians, they'll tell you that the moment when a pet owner, I guess, finds it natural to express thank you for a lifetime of care is at the moment of euthanasia. And it shouldn't have to be like that because, you know, veterinarians help us keep our our pets healthy for hopefully for years and years and years. So we established the veterinary honor roll, and it's a way for people to make a donation and honor their veterinarian. And it might be, you know, maybe it is because of an end-of-life care issue, but maybe it's because their veterinarian has provided years or decades of care for their pets. Maybe it's because their cat was recently seriously ill and their veterinarian helped get the cat through the illness and restore health, whatever the reason is the uh, pet owner can um, list the veterinarian's name in our honor roll. And what happens is we send this gorgeous framed certificate. It's a cat motif in the shape of a stethoscope. It's beautiful, really <laughs> intriguing to look at. And it's a big framed certificate with a nice little verse on it. And it's inscribed with the veterinarian's name. And it's shipped directly to the veterinarian's clinic. It's fully framed, ready to hang on the wall. We have over 100 veterinarians enrolled just in a few months in this uh, program. And they are just, you can't believe the, the how thrilled how touched, you know, how surprised and pleased they are when one day they walk into the clinic and there's a package there for them and they open it up and it's this gorgeous thank you certificate from one of their clients. It's just an amazing one. I, I, I wish, you know, that I could be a little fly <laughs> on the wall in each of those clinics, you know, the day that the vet opens the box and, and sees this gorgeous certificate. Uh, I know there's been tears. Uh, I know there's been joy. Um, over this, and uh, it's just been amazing. So, again, there's a link right on the front page of our website that gives you more information about this program. It's really, you know, again, to borrow your phrase, it's a win-win situation because it's a donation to feline health, and it's a thank you to your veterinarian for all those things that, you know, we hope that we are able to do for our pet owners. What a great program, and, and what a great foundation, and I'm just delighted that you were able to take the time, but we are out of time. Ah, so that's I, too bad. Uh, well, I would, uh, you know, I'd like to talk about this um, forever, but... Um, I think you, you and know. I could, Amy. I think we could. <laughs> I want to thank Dr. Susan Little and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. Please, take a moment right now. Give your kitties a scratch, and when they purr, there's no doubt they're singing the praises of Win Feline Foundation, whether you know it or not. So please, to learn more about this incredible organization and how you can help your cat by helping Win, check out details at the website www.winfelinehealth.org. And that's W-I-N-N, felinehealth.org. Now, I dare you to join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I've something angelic in store, talking heaven and hell's bells about our cats and dogs. You'll have to tune in to find out more. Email me suggestions or post a note to my blog by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. You can get transcripts that way, too. Woofs and purrs until next time, and don't forget to pet your critters for me, because I don't want them to get peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. 
Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.